Welcome to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. In this episode, Padre Andrew shows us which commandment we should put on a pedestal. Don't run up debts, Paul says, except for the huge debt of love you owe each other. When you love others, you complete what the law has been after all along. The law code, don't sleep with another person's spouse, don't take someone's life, don't take what isn't yours, don't always be wanting what you don't have, and any other don'ts you can think of finally adds up to this. Love other people as well as you do yourself. You can't go wrong when you love others. And when you add up everything in the law code, the sum total is love. So there's certain passages that at first seem to need very little in the way of explanation. On the surface, This would appear to be one of them, isn't it? It just sort of says everything we need it to say. Hardly anyone, I suspect, would disagree with the idea of the great principle of Christian behaviour is love. But it's precisely because Paul's words seem so obvious and universally acceptable that a word of caution is in order. Many people would be quick to say, I agree with Paul. Yes, love my neighbour is a commandment that fulfils the law. And many would make the mistake of elevating that commandment to the point of making it the great commandment, putting it up on a pedestal. But the fact is, this commandment isn't the great commandment. No, it's the second one. It takes a back seat to the position of the other commandment. And if we try to keep the second commandment, to love our neighbour as ourselves, without obeying the first commandment, which is to love God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul. We will not be fulfilling the requirements of God's law if we don't do that first one. In fact, some people try to keep the second commandment with an attitude of rebellion towards the first. Some people would say in their hearts, I love others. I even love them selflessly. But I will not give all I am and have to the Lord. I will keep my own heart, soul and mind to myself, thank you. That sort of adherence to the second commandment is not obedience to the commandment of God at all, nor is it real love, despite what people may think. Now remember, one of the most scary passages back in Matthew 7, knowing the correct password, saying, Master, Master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing my Father's wills. And I can see it now, the final judgment. Thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we have preached the message, we bash demons, and our super spiritual projects have everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was make yourself important. You didn't impress me one bit. You're out of here. 
that's a tough call, isn't it? Impressing other people with yourself. Not loving others. Not loving the Lord. In the end, Jesus' verdict was that they weren't acts of love at all. Quite the opposite. They were acts of self-importance. We can see from this that concentrating solely on doing good works of love towards others is not enough. Each of us must begin with a love toward God in all our heart, mind and soul. That love of God must be our sole focus, even before the love of others. And this is only possible by, first, agreeing with God's verdict that we are sinners and in need of forgiveness of our sins. Second, by accepting the payment that he has made for our sins through the death of Jesus on the cross. And third, by inviting him to take complete lordship over every aspect of our lives. God's love is tough love. He is too holy to accept good deeds that flow from a sinful, prideful and rebellious heart towards him. This total, humble, all-compassing love for him must come before love for others. Otherwise, in God's eyes, it's not love. Having established the first commandment is loving God with all our hearts, soul, minds, now we're ready to look at Romans. Here we find Paul's instruction that we fulfill the requirements of God's commandments by showing active love towards others. So we're loving God. Now we can love others. We're commanded to love others in verse 8. Paul says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. At first glance, we could read that this verse, Paul is saying that we are never to take out a loan or a mortgage. So owe no one anything except to love one another. We are never to be in a position of owing anything to anyone else. And I certainly agree with the idea that we're to enter into debt with caution. But we're not to leave debts outstanding or borrow money without the full intention of paying it back on time. But it would be taking this verse out of its context if we were to make it a ban on taking out loans altogether. I don't believe that that's what Paul is talking about at all. Look at what Paul said in the previous verse. He'd just gotten through explaining how we as Christians are obliged to be subject to the government. He says in verse 7, that's always why we pay taxes, so that an orderly way of life can be maintained. Fulfill your obligations as a citizen. Pay your taxes. Pay your bills. Respect your leaders. So far, we've looked at Paul's instruction to owe others the ongoing debt of love. But what is this love supposed to look like? So let's define what love means. Love is defined as keeping God's commandments. God defines love for us as keeping his commandments towards each other. Romans 13, 8 and 9 say that we owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. 
are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus defined love in this way. He told his disciples in John 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then later in John 15, he tells them that if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. 1 John 5 says, By this you will know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. The moment we cease to keep God's commandments towards one another, we're ceased to love one another. Love is objectively defined as keeping God's commandments towards others. We love ourselves, we love others as God loves others. Love towards others is defined by how we want others to treat us. And how we want others to treat us is described by God's commandments. Jesus says in Matthew 7:12, Therefore, whatever you want people to do to you, do also to them. And this is the law and the prophets. God knows what's best for us. His commandments aren't given to us to ruin our joy or ruin our day. Rather, they're given to protect and preserve us for the greatest happiness possible. His commandments are for our good. And so, the most loving thing we can do toward each other is to keep God's commandments for each other's good. And finally, we fulfil the requirements of God's commandments through active love. Paul says in verse 10, you can't go wrong when you love others. When you add up everything in the law code, the sum total is love. God's last six commandments keep us from harming one another. When we love one another in a way that he defines through keeping the law toward one another, we do each other no harm. Paul describes someone who truly loves in 1 Corinthians. As I'm reading this bit, see if you can take out the word love and put in your name. Love never gives up. So take out the word love and put in your name. See if we can fulfill that. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score with the sins of others, doesn't reveal when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowing of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always. There's our first commandment, isn't it? Always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Mm. This passage is not only a beautiful description of the way genuine love does no harm to others, it's also a beautiful description of the way love is keeping God's commands towards others as well. There's a story about the Apostle John. 
So when he was very old, so old and feeble that he could no longer walk, he was carried before the assembled believers of the church, spread out his hands and repeated again and again this simple warning. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. When asked why he kept repeating the same words of counsel over and over again, he said, because there is nothing else. Achieve that and you have enough. So let's pray. May God help us to keep paying the ongoing debt of love that we owe each other and those outside the community of faith. May God help us from making a definition of love that suits our own selfish interests. Rather, may he help us to love each other by keeping his commandments towards one another. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au.